Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Until she told him that she had said 
Yeah. Now, some people thought that that was pretty cool. You know, you don't set them up for failure. You know, just uh, have a conversation with him. And some thought that was absolutely what he deserved. Yeah, yeah go back and listen so you could kind of uh, vote yourself. Okay? What other, what other dilemma did we have? Hmm. Wow, I like this one. Wow, a young lady got an invitation to a wedding. The wedding was from her ex who was marrying the young lady that he cheated on her with. Well, she decided to use that invitation and bring not only a plus one, but a plus two. And uh, guess who the plus two were? Well, on one arm, she had the ex of the bride. Woo-wee! And on the other arm, she had her ex. The ex that, you know, this ex-boyfriend was always worried about and jealous of. So uh, we really can't figure out whether the bride or the groom had as much of an enjoyable day as they thought they were about to have. You know, I'm not the revenge person, but I have to say, kudos, girl, get your revenge on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that one was sweet. That one was sweet and quite Created. I don't think I could have thought of anything like that. You know, I, I'm not the uh, eventual individual, to be honest with you, or the ventral individual. I just, I never was that creative. My thing is, you know what, I'm just moving on. Even if I have to be by myself, because I wasn't one to just jump one person to the next. So you need some space, some thinking time, and recuperating time. Yeah, but that one there was quite created, you know, talk about being a petty old girl, he really showed how she could be a petty old girl, now, you could not finish a Monday morning without the switch tip with Shanti, and uh, this week's switch tip is don't get uncovered, and uh I think we heard of a couple of incidences <laughs> on our stories that shows that, you know what, don't get uncovered. But I don't think that's the kind of uncovered that John Keith was talking about. She was talking about stepping from under the protective covering of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, you know, from the moment we're born, you know, this is God says the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust, right? So you're covered. You're covered. Well, the goal is to stay covered. You know, you don't want to step out from, you know, underneath such a covering that the Lord can provide. Because, I mean, can nobody do it like the Lord, right? Fine. You know, but how often do we do that? How often do we make decisions? 
you know, to just do it our own way. And that would entail not, you know, being covered. You know, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to step out. And uh, it's not going to be stepping out on faith. Will it be you stepping out on faith? Or will it be you just taking a chance to, you know, go at it alone? And I don't think we really realize how often we go at it alone. Yeah. A lot of our decision-making, you know, decision-making is an expect. And we end up, you know, having to go at it by ourselves. But do we really go at it by ourselves? Because God always thinks to never leave us no forsaken. You know, the consequences, you know, really are quite minor if you think about it, no matter how much you might think, because the Lord says, you know, hey, I just don't deal with you according to your iniquity. You know? Well, we can definitely, you know, honestly, we can definitely step out from under the banner of God and kind of deal with things, you know, and having to deal with consequences without God's, you know, protection. And, you know, I just think about if this is minor, if this is not God dealing with us at 100%, then oh my, oh my, oh my. What would that feel like? So make sure that we're always walking in, you know, in the in line with the way the Lord has prescribed it and, you know, we're obedient. And we don't have to worry about stepping from underneath that umbrella. Okay? Alrighty. Well, today we are going to go into the sixth episode of Love and Death in the My Two Cents segment. And I got to tell you, talk about being uncovered. Yeah. Yeah. Our girl Candy. Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot to talk about because, again, we had another power pack, power pack episode, and I'm like, where are we going from here? Because there's only one episode left. All right, so I'm inviting you to join in on the conversation five one six three eight seven one three five eight. Oh, Shanti, uh, Brother Angel, and myself, we're about to dive into the world of love and death, that HBA miniseries, Ooh, and see what got uncovered in the last episode. All right? So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time with Pastor Steph is on and whatever you do whatever you do don't go anywhere because we will be right back when you receive the diagnosis of craniosynostosis we understand that the parents um, get scared real fast obviously as soon as you hear the word pediatric neurosurgeon and neurosurgery can be extremely scary but it's a, a very common thing we see and a very common thing we do 
We're proud to be able to offer all the minimally invasive options here at UF Health in Gainesville, and we individualize the treatment plan for every patient. Every child needs something different. None of them need the same exact thing. And it's our job as surgical providers and as care providers to give them what they need. We take great pride in being able to deliver individualized treatment care. And with that, it really gives the best outcome, which is the ultimate long-term goal. I think it's the impact you can make. You diagnose it and you treat it when the child's a little baby and you can have an impact, a large impact on the rest of their life in terms of, of how they are and how they see themselves. Good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. And uh, giving God thanks for allowing us to share this day together once again. And I want to invite you to join in and, you know, give us your two cents on the HBO miniseries. Love and Death, and I invite you to call in 516-387-1358, or you know how to hit us up via text if you want to just send in your thought. You're welcome to do so, and uh, let's get this party started. Good morning, good morning. Oh, my goodness. We are going to talk about today in our My Two Cents segment, the uh, episode six of Love and Death, that HBO miniseries that is a true story, by the way. And I want to invite you to converse with us, 516-387-1358. Now, last week, we dealt with the actual arrest. Now, this week, we're dealing with the trial that is underway. And Candy is very interesting in this episode. Now, to kind of back you up a little bit, so, Alan and Candy have had this affair, and, yo, this is the first time they even, well, I, I want to say I, I even caught how long the affair, the affair actually 
took place for. I didn't even realize it until they actually called it out during this episode, you know, how long they had been involved. And, you know, unfortunately, not only Pat, who is Candy's husband, but Betty, who is Alan's wife, ended up finding out. And nobody really knew that she knew because she didn't share it with anyone except Candy, when she showed up with the act and approached Candy, you know, and tried to chop her up. Well, unfortunately, Betty ended up with the chop. And, um, you know, they did some investigating, and now they have, you know, decided that they were going to put Candy on trial for this particular murder. And boy, oh boy, some stuff came out last night. And I want to get this party started with my girl, Shanti. Oh, my goodness. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm really kind of twisted here. I, I took notes last night as I watched, and I can't find any of my notes. And I remember some stuff, but I don't remember everything that happened. And, boy, this was some episode, huh? Yeah, this was, you definitely had to pay attention to this one. Because this episode had everything to do with details. Like you said, it wasn't a whole lot that happened. But if you didn't pay attention, you missed it. Well, come on, get this ball rolling. What's one of the first things that hit you about episode six? Oh, one of the things that hit, um, I definitely noticed the change in the appearance of Candy. And I remember in the previous episode, her lawyer was saying, you know, we have to make you look a lot more home-like, you know, where you look less like a mistress pretty much and more like a housewife. So it's like we're going to have to take away any level of sex appeal that you may have so that not one juror looks at you and says, I see how she could end up sleeping with the other man or I see why the other man would prefer her, you know, over the wife or something. So when the episode started and now you see her, looking a little older, too. You know, the haircut helps her to look a little older, and now it's helping her to have this persona that, you know, she's not ready to have because, you know, as far as a lawyer, it's like, yeah, you helped her to have this this new look physically, but mentally she's not catching up. No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Mentally. <laughs> well, listen, you know, it, it starts off with her and her girlfriend, Sherry. You know, Sherry comes over, and, you know, she's in La La Land again, and she's really been in La La Land since this murder took place. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of lends to, you know, really what, where is she psychologically? You know, where is she emotionally? You know, because we saw how 
you know, the the murder ended up happening. But, mm-hmm. you know, last week, you know, they go through this whole um, thing with the uh, with, with the psychologist and, you know, and it shows her breakdown and um, all this other stuff. But I think this time you really get to see, you know, the last two episodes last week and this week starts off with her in, again, like a la-la land. Like she's drifting off and, you know, like she's in deep thought and she hasn't really, you know, really connected. You know, definitely mm-hmm. when you got the candy that we knew when this whole thing started and the candy post the murder, it's like, wow, she's really kind of shifted in personality. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't either if I didn't just chop some up, some up, someone up with an axe. But it's it's really interesting because you know, when, when something like this happens, you know, they definitely want to paint you as this heinous, you know, individual, mm-hmm. you know, blooded and da 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 and it's like, yo, that's that that's the same person. Yeah, she really has taken a shift um, in her entire persona. So, like you said, not only are we looking at Candy with the haircut that the attorney said she needed to get, the, the, the wardrobe things, like you said, that the attorney said she needed to get. Now she has on glasses, you know, to, mm-hmm. again, to kind of bring, you know, and look a little more, like you said, more homely and um wifely and you know stuff like that so I I found that that was really interesting too and like you said this particular episode was filled with a lot more detail you know and and kind of filled in some blanks um, for us and before I bring our brother Ainsley on you know what was one of the blanks that got filled in for you (sighs) Ah. Wait, ask that again, because, like, five different things just came to mind. Oh, I was saying, you know, this episode was filled, like you said, with detail. And it filled right. in uh, some blanks. And I was saying, what were, you know, what was the blank that got filled in for you? Um, one, of the, one of the questions, I, I'm not sure if it filled the blanks for me, but one of the questions I kept having um, was this whole thing about keeping the husband at arm's length? You know, keeping and this um, this episode it wasn't you know mentioned as much, but it was still mentioned enough. Where for me, it's like, what is still the issue? You know, so it's like, lawyer, you're prepping then, you know, in a sense. To be ready, make sure you look like this, make sure you're ready to, you know, present yourself like this, make sure you're ready to say this, don't say that. But yet, you're not allowed in the courtroom, um, you know, to be there as a support. And again, you know, I understand this was back in the early 80s, but I really don't, rem- like, know of any situation where it has to do with someone who has a spouse, especially if they're still with the spouse, you know, it's not like they in the middle of a divorce or they're separated and they do not push for the spouse to be there 
so that the jury, you know, can see that this is a wholesome family. And it's like, what is still with this issue that the husband cannot be in the courtroom unless he's taking a stand? Well, that so was, I thought that, that was, was going to kind of make sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was the blank. That was the blank that got filled in. They later said that, you know, because you could be called as a potential witness, you can't be in there. And it makes every bit of sense. You know, if you're filling, if you're being filled with and puffed with information because, you know, you sat in this courtroom and heard all these other witnesses, that does kind of taint what you could say. That could take what you say. So that that to me that was a that's one of the things I was asking. You know, um, you know, this was a a filling one of the blanks because we talked about this last week how weird it was mm-hmm. that he just did not want her him around. And we were like, well, since when we've seen so many courtroom mm-hmm. dramas or movies ever that invite you know, the husband or the wife to come in because that helps solidify that they are together and the home life was fine and blah, 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 blah. And now they finally say you can't be caused. So it, that was kind of like a, a, a one of those fill-ins um, for, you know, for uh, some of the questions. Let's get our brother Avery on and see what he's got to say. Good morning, brother Avery. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, Shantese and listeners. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Can you hear me? I'm trying a different hookup. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yes, we can hear you okay. We can hear you okay. So, you know, this episode six gets underway. And uh, what's your thought? What's your title for this particular episode? episode, because I know you're just going to continue on that, you know, on that uh, title. What's your title? Uh, This week, I mean, the official title of this, it was called The Big Top. And so I was wondering why they called it The Big Top. And then I realized it was like a circus, um, mainly between Tom, you know, the defense attorney, and and Candy. And but mm-hmm. it got to me. They was so they was both particularly the um, Tom. So I call this, I call this episode the manipulators. And you're still <laughs> lying. <laughs> the manipulators and you're still lying. I mean the defense <laughs> defense attorney. Uh, he was on his A game uh, oh with his with his with yeah. his actions. Uh, and, you know, this this was a really good episode again. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm really curious. I hate to see it end, but I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. And, you know, and I got to tell you, right from the very, <laughs> right from the very beginning, you know, I thought, um, I thought I had touched the remote because where it started off, you know, we're hearing Harry Melvin and the Blue Notes. Um, yes. I thought I, I turned this. Yes. I thought I. I thought I hit the wrong. Hit a button and turn the station or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see Candy. She started talking about the love I lost. I was like, Oh yes. my goodness! This this. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yes. 
Here she is again, cooking. And she, again, as you say, she's in La La Land. She mentally ain't really there. And uh, right from the very beginning, you know, and our friend Sherry comes over. And I'm like, um, and she's supporting her, but I'm like, really? You, you know, you knew she was having an affair, and you just taking it out of word and that that she didn't do it, but you know she was having an affair with her husband. You know all the more details than almost everybody else didn't know, and but you right. still supporting her. And there was one, even remember there was one scene she was going to fight some other people just to, to defend yes. uh, a friend. I'm like, you know. Um, <laughs> That's quite a bit much, you know. I get it, but it's quite a bit much. But um, and, and it got to me, you know, when it first started, you know, when the radio was playing, um, they were saying that the um Betty, that the victim, she was shot. I don't know if you if you heard that. I was like, we still yeah. dialing yeah. back to the shot stage, right? Right. You know. Right. And Pat, you know, you know when when um. When Sherry's over, you know, right from the very beginning, Pat, he, he is not, he's not doing good. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand him at all. I, I really, I really <laughs> don't. <laughs> I really don't. And um, <laughs> what was, what, what, what I find amusing throughout is the continuing um, clash between the judge and Tom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is weird. It's, it's, you know, those two. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught it because <laughs> even when they were doing the jury selection, um, you know, the you know the prosecutor, you know, he's um, giving the potential jurors, you know, about generally, you know, what what to expect and stuff like that, and then he says all he got to say. And then the judge says to the, you know, Tom, okay, now this is the part. You can say a word or two. Just a word yes! or two. I mean, right, yes! from the, right from the very beginning. Yes. Right from the very beginning. Yes. yes. You know. But the biggest shock to me, but one of the biggest shocks to me, though, is, you know, um, how does Tom... At that point, at jury selection, two things, right? Why you do it at jury selection, and you go and make the admission that can't he actually get oh. to it, and uh-huh. it's in self defense, and that's one wow. thing. And secondly, how you do this? That apparently, she didn't know he was going to do that. Yeah, yeah, he really he smashed everybody with that bomb, and. You know, I guess we they were just as shocked as we were when we were on the opposite side of the screen actually hearing him say that she did it. And it was like, okay, where did that come from? Because, again, like you said, you know, nobody was aware that you were going to drop this bomb and – you know, she not she even the client, so la- right? And that's what I said. She's so la la landish that she didn't even, <laughs> you know, um, she's drugged up. You know, now you know she, she you know, she uh, he asks, 
you know, are you taking anything? And she's on some heavy medication that, you know, keeps her what she's calling calm and, you know, she's zoned out. So she can't even respond uh, properly to, you know, this bomb being dropped in the room. And here's my thing. Mm. You brought up the fact that Sherry was defending her. This is post-hearing that she did it. So how in the world am I going to defend anybody who now I find out that, you know, she actually did it? Because remember now, she's telling Sherry everything, but she is now everybody knows. So are you really surprised that people are talking? They were already talking. And now here you go standing up in the store telling the people to cut it out. Listen, I'm not defending you. I'm not saying anything. You know, whatever my relationship with with you is, is is with you. But I'm not going to be out in, you know, open, you know, defending you when you are a murderer and what can I say when everybody knows it now? It's not even it's our secret. Everybody knows it now. And even to the point where the kids and I just the other thing. I'm like, well now the kids the kids are knowing that, you know, the kids now know that you are a murderer. And they're sitting at this dinner table. If I have to look at these people at this dinner table one more time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It was so yes. It was like, why they always eating? I thought the same thing happened. <laughs> I was like, what is with all the, all the sit-down scenes? Like, there's not that many dinner opportunities in life in the world. It's like, why do you still have time to make whole meals like this? Because even at our crazy state, she's always cooking. Right. <laughs> she's crazy. She's always cooking. She was cooking when, she, was cooking right. when she came to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> she's cooking. And not, not only that, but she made some 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 pastry or something. Cookies. And it's like, who is, yeah, who is, she is clearly cuckoo. And I'm like, what kind of meds are she, you know is she on that she still manages to be able to cook, make new you know make new recipes? And I'm like, yo, what kind of med is she on that just just sitting at this table? You know, how do you sit at the table with like you said, brother Ames? Here you are. Um, the husband is clearly out of the loop. A hundred percent. The poor kids didn't have to go to school and hear all of these people talking, all these children talking, and you are cooking and sitting down preparing the meal like, you know, nothing has ever happened. I, I, I'm just the, the the stuff that excuse me went on. Shantice, what what else in this episode kind of stirred you up and was like, wow, really? <laughs> oh my goodness! The back and forth between Candy's lawyer and the judge. Oh mm. my goodness! I'm like, what kind of childhood feud did y'all have 
that now, even in a courtroom, <laughs> neither one of you, neither one of you knows how to shut up. Even during the trial, y'all are still going at it with each other. And I loved, I loved the way the lawyer called the judge out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When the judge yeah. figured, oh, so let me just let this be known. I know that you were, you know, you went against what I said. And the way he said, well, I thought that was off the table since you had a whole photo shoot <laughs> in your chamber. <laughs> and the, he was, the judge wasn't ready for that. The judge was not ready no. for that. And I loved it because it just went to show, like, just because, like, you have to remember, judge, that this is an opportunity for you as well. You can right. lose, you know, you can lose the spot as being the one that's governing this trial the same way as if someone was trying to kick the prosecutor out. And, you know, the prosecutors, they, they try to go for the trials, whether it's to boost their, you know, um, career or whatever, the defense attorneys, they try to take on cases that's going to help boost their careers for the reputation of their firm. You know, it's the same thing. And I, I loved his comeback, his comeback. And he was so nonchalant about it. But I was just like, what is what is the beef about? Like, how far does this go back? Did somebody speak with somebody's mama? Like, what happened? It was just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that had me dying when I was watching it. It was like, oh, oh, my goodness, really, again. But it was hilarious because it just really goes to show again, like, you think because you're the higher up. And you can say and do what you want. And you don't think people are really paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And he had a way of sliding stuff in that you, he, mm-hmm. you couldn't take it back once it was said. Once it was put out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> when he said, oh, it was out there. When he said, oh, and don't think that, you know, we didn't notice that you moved it here so that it was like he was just dropping it. And it's like, wow, you really just smashing him where, like you said, mm-hmm. you think you got the upper hand. And now, you know, you can, um, you can find me in contempt. But I didn't already say what I was saying. <laughs> so, you know, you can do what you want to do. I got my digs in. And, you know, this is, I would love to have known the relationship post all of this. You know, what was, was their relationship like? Did they ever meet on the same soil again? Because this year, this, this definitely set the tone for how they went forward. And it, because I'm sure both of them were, you know, and had some level of notoriety after this huge, you know, case. But um that that was that mm-hmm. was a good one. I love that exchange. Brother Avery, what what kinda of hit you in this episode also? Oh, it was quite a few things. Quite a few things. Um yeah, I I mean the the interaction between the judge and um and Tom and what gets to me, though, you know, I mean, I guess Tom, he's getting back at the judge. But, you know, who suffers is your client. <laughs> right. You know, your right. client eventually right. suffers through that. 
because you know at the end, you know, I guess he wasn't expecting the pro. You know, he thought maybe the prosecutor was going to rest and he would start his case the next day. The judge was like, right. "No, nah, bring your witness up now. <laughs> or you, you, you only got ten minutes." You know, yep. I mean, now I had maybe he was on better terms. The judge would say, "All right, okay, we'll we'll adjourn it and start it tomorrow." So. The client suffers when you got that kind of back and forth thing going on. Um, but another part that, you know, I was like, all right, uh, I, I thought was pretty cool. Well, it's cool. Well, two things. Uh, uh, two things right now. First of all, again, Pat, that couldn't be me. All right. It was, I mentioned, again, where they're at the dinner table. So not, nobody got nothing to say because I guess it's an awkward mo- moment because you, you, you're all at the table now that you know what the killer a murderer. Right. And she said, Oh, it's too quiet. <laughs> oh, it's too quiet. And she asked her son, you know, you want with Halloween coming up, you wanna dress do the I guess Star Wars thing? He says, No. But then the daughter says, Yeah, one of her friends wanna they wanna dress up like you. Oh, but now oh that that conversation is not good for table talk. But then when Tom he wow. says he wants to talk about the tri- a little information about the trial. Um, oh, we can't talk about that. So listen, you want a conversation? Yeah. You started off, right? You started off, right? You know what I'm saying? But right. then to me, again, I'm like Tom. I'm like, this is one of those situations. I know maybe as a couple, you don't want to have to uh, argue in front of your kids. To me, I'll be like, yo, hold up. I need some answers right here and right <laughs> right now. <laughs> I need to know what's <laughs> up. What you mean I can't yeah. go up in uh can't go up in the courtroom and whatnot. And I blame the attorney for that because when he initially asked it, you know, when the attorney picked up Kenny to go to court and he should have said it right then and there, listen, you are a potential witness, therefore you cannot right. be in the courtroom. Right. That would eliminate it right. all in all. So that little right. thing that excuse he gave was half baked. And that would just right. amp it up. You know, right. and to me, other side of us on the other side of the fence, I would have been like, "Yeah, I'm going." You tell me, I can't. Right, go. right, right. Yeah. Y'all have to I'm put me out of here. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was about, I was about to Who say, I support? wish y'all would tell me to leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm getting in. You go, yes, I sir. go. We go. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Um. So. Um, but then right after that, you know, to me, you know, she would have been lucky that the doorbell rang and it was the old pastor. I forget her name. And I love how the old pastor, Jackie. she put it put Jackie. it right in her place. And she was like, yes. I told you point blank, actually point blank. And you lied to me. She said, oh, no, I didn't. And I, and I think, I don't know if she's trying to use semantics and say, well, I didn't murder her, you know. Yes, she but did. Yes. I, you know, but I'm like, hold up. Ain't there somebody dead? What do you mean right. you ain't murder? Right. At your hands? Right. What do you mean right. ain't nobody dead? You 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 the murderer. Or whatnot. Oh, you want to use a legal yeah. term. Um it kinda brought me back to um on uh, the President Clinton days, like when you said, Oh, I didn't have sex with that woman, but yet yeah. you still had and you know, you did have a yeah. you know, some interaction with somebody. Right. So you just trying to play right. a play yeah. on the terms. But but, you know, come right. on. You're supposed to be friends. You, you don't play games like that. You lie. So, right. I mean, that's another part. You kind of manipulate it. And then you're going to ask her, 
well, it'll still be helpful if you come to me. It'll help me out in the trial. You oh. can support me at the trial. Oh. I mean, oh. manipulating at the manipulation game yeah. she was trying. But I like I liked the old pastor. She was, she held no ground. She was straight up, straight up. I, I, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, I do too. I did too. And she has proven to be that type of individual. Whereas, you know, you knew how she was as a pastor. That only indicated the type of pastor she was when she was covering that particular congregation. You know, it was like, listen, I'm in your face. You don't like it, then you're just going to have to step out. Step back and be off because I'm going, I'm calling you on it. And I, I really did love that, that, that scene right there where she was like, can I speak to you for a moment? I said, oh, she about to rip her. And she sure did. Mm-hmm. She didn't let up. And and you could tell that Candy is still in La La Land because after someone says that to you, you then come back and say, I would really like your support. Based on what? Based on what? Based on the fact that from the moment you mentioned um, or I understood that there was going to be an affair, I told you from the beginning that this was going to end badly. What, what do you want me to support right now? I cannot support this nonsense. And when she walked out, said, well, that won't be happening. And I was like, yes. Because really, yeah. that, uh, huh? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, at yeah. one point, do you just say, just tell the truth? I mean, this is a former right. pastor. So again, is you know, so I was still saying this was everything she would say is still being confident, you know, you know, and, um, right. what do you call, uh, you know, you, she can't reveal it in court, you know, it's the confidentiality, you know, client, you know, thing. So why are you lying? Yep. <laughs> still. Yeah. She's in some la la land that, you know why? Because let me, let me tell you what happens in life. When we get a friend like Sherry, we want every friend like Sherry. Mm-hmm. Friend Sherry says, a friend like Sherry says, it don't matter what you do, we going down together. And that mm-hmm. is not a friend. That's not a friend, people. You know, you want a friend, a person who's going to tell you. And the Bible speaks mm-hmm. of that. A friend. You know, it's not always going to be grinning and smiling with you. But a friend is going to be there for those tough times. So she's so busy uh, 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 sitting side by side with she, who's willing to go to bat for her when she knows she's wrong, when she knows she's done it, and she knows people are going to talk about it. And here we are. I'm standing in your face the whole while long asking you when she was there the last episode and she was like with this pat and she would say well do you know are you asking questions she was all in this mm-hmm. face well are you asking right. questions so she 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 proves to be a person of integrity and you know what whether you like it or not this is the good this is the dynamic of our relationship and for you to stay i mean and it was almost like Candy wasn't even hearing her. She stood there with her arms folded with that stupid look on her face. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I really like support. And I said to myself, 
you really must be smoking a new drug. You really must be smoking yeah. a new drug. But just by her anger or an annoyance alone, you can't tell that you are going to get no support? Really? You can't really see that this is not going to happen here? And, you know, support is gone. What'd you say, Chauncey? Yeah, I got I got a question for you. I got a question for you though, right? Now there was one scene though. I was like, okay. Now to me, I was like, this has got to be made up for dramatization purposes, right? Now, the new pastor, when he gets, oh, he yeah. just, when he you know makes his statement for the news press, oh you know, yeah. in, in support of Candy, and but basically. He was being manipulated by Tom, right? right? The defense right. attorney, right? right? Now I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, you so weak. Now, but to me, I was like, this has got to be made up because I mean, <laughs> it's got to be made up because I mean, like, I mean, I mean, no matter how you come into a position of pastor, whether you know the Lord leads you to start a new ministry or you know is you elected in or what, whatever kind of way you get to that stage, you've been through something. And I mean, like, right. do you think, how can, you think, I think a pastor can really be that manipulated to do that? I mean, that's got to be made up. I mean, that cannot be <laughs> real. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with what you said a little earlier. On this side of the fence, Forget it. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. Uh-uh. Just because we don't use uh-uh. the words in our mouth. You know, you, you're not going. When he went to him and he said, well, it's going to be like like God is talking. Or I was like, yo, you're really bold. You're really that disrespectful to even say that. To the pastor, you know, we want you to speak from this angle, and it, it's going to be like God, you know, um, was actually talking or something to that effect. I'm saying to myself, right, right, wow. And then when he actually goes on camera and he's talking, and then the the uh, the reporter asks him something, and the way he even answers that question, well, you know, can I say such and such a thing? I'm like. This is so robotic, so robotic. And one of the I, things I believe. Go ahead, Shanti. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But one of the as you guys were talking, it reminded me that one of the things that came to mind because I thought it was crazy as well when the lawyer said that to him. Like you're really trying to you try to manipulate God, but lawyer doesn't understand that. Um. But one of the things that came to mind when the pastor went on TV and was speaking. And and I was like, I wonder if this is so easy for him to do because he didn't like Betty anyway. So now, if I I speak on behalf of Candy, that versus had it been vice versa, had Betty murdered Candy, how easy would it have been for you to hear the lawyer tell you, okay, this is what you're going to do, this is how you're going to speak on Betty's behalf, so on and so forth. But seeing as how she was someone who was trying to get you up out of church, she didn't want you there, she gave you such a hard time, y'all didn't like each other, how this is kind of like a no-brainer for you to do this, 
where you're kind of feeling like, okay, this is my obligation anyway, because I don't understand how as a pastor you don't have your own type of investigation going on. Even if it's like I'm not saying nothing until I get to talk to Candy. Like I'm not I'm not putting my credibility out there. I'm not putting guy out there. I'm not putting this ministry out there until I have right. the clarity as to what you're right. asking me to say. I don't know nothing. I'm just like the jurors. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know if she tripped Betty down a down a flight of steps. I don't know nothing. But you want me to now put all of my stuff on the line? So that's what she sounds guilty. Now I go down with her. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's right. That, I'm that, like, how that, you get? Hey. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. I mean, how do you get? I mean, you level. You at the level of a pastor. I mean, you don't have that wherewithal to do that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe then, even if you didn't like Betty, you know, you still got to deal with the whole congregation dealing with this. And uh, you know, right. besides Candy, you still got the whole congregation because the congregation knows her. Knew, knew her and right. stuff like that, right. and you know there's always contention. So I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I, I can say on this side of the fence, all every pastor I can think of will not go for that at all. No, I can't even think. Nope. I can't even think of one who I think will be halfway consider that. And I'm like, because you know, nope. you got to go through some stuff to get to that point. So it's like, come on now, where is there any discernment? Come on now, you know. So yeah, I, yeah, that was my thing. No. I, I, I say, well, that's just this this, this, this got to be made up. This got that part got to be dramatization, you know, effect, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I, I paid attention to that too. And like I said, when he first, when the attorney first, you know, spoke to him. And he was just so blatantly disrespectful to the pastor. For you to even say to him, you know, well, I, I want you to say this, or you need to be saying this, and, you know, it, it's, it's going to be like God, and da, da, da. And I'm saying to myself, okay, see, this could only be on the other side, because if you had spoken to anybody, <laughs> I, I thought what you thought, um, Brother Ains, I'm like, yo, had you spoken to any other pastor that I know, just check the pastors on his due time. He would have been like, excuse you? No, 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 no. Already <laughs> last episode, you had me doing X, Y, and Z. Now, this episode, mm-hmm. you have to to tell me this. You know, there's just this disrespect that you just crossed the line. It, just all for the sake of your client. You know, and you might be able to manipulate all these other people, but you can't manipulate me, and you surely can't manipulate God. And like Shanti said, he's right. not thinking that he's manipulating God. Because, again, people don't have respect for God like that. People don't understand the dynamic of, you know, what they do and how you, we offend God all the time. And it's bad enough, uh-huh. it's bad enough that you have, this is a, a supposed two um, people who are in this um, relationship from the church. Whether they go to two separate churches, whether they go to church together, already it's from the church. And you have willingly mm-hmm. gone through this whole extramarital affair, and now that brings shame on the church 
And now you gonna you now you gonna tell me what God gonna say? Okay, now you we know you out of control. So mm-hmm. again, it's for a lack of ultimate understanding. Um, you know that this is how you even uh, move. I want to go to. I want to talk about the um, the the uh, the question that I have been having in my head about Alan, and it came out last yeah. night. Yeah. Oh man! Oh man! He has been looking mighty calm through all of this. You know, it, it, so someone said, "Are you on the same drug candies on?" Because ain't nowhere in the world. You have not, from the inception of this whole murder, he has not looked surprised. Even when he was laying on the bed, when he was on the bed and Angel talked about all the sweat that was in that shirt. <laughs> 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 he was calm, you know, demeanor. And I'm like, yo, you really don't have any emotion. We never heard him say, you know, wow, I can't believe she did it. And it came out in this episode where, you know, it's like the, the father, the father-in-law finally says, you might come in all of this. And he mm-hmm. says, you are mm-hmm. getting along. And I was like, okay, so thank you. Uh, it's oh. not just me. I was like, wow, you actually told the father. I mean, again, standing on this side of the fence. Because if he had to lie and pretend every time the father came around and he was crying for, you know, his ex-wife or whatever, because the father really, really, really pressed him. And I was he pressed him the way Jackie pressed Candy, just not with that much level of intensity. And I was like, well, thank you, God. Somebody said it, that he has been looking extremely calm all of this and mm-hmm. he was like, well, well when you were on the stand it was like you were kind of siding with the woman who killed your wife he was like well I had to tell the truth I was under oath I was like wow Shanti what you got I thought that was extremely crazy um, because from the beginning, you know, I didn't think that Alan's lack of response was too out there because, you know, the more, whether you're watching something on TV or whether you're dealing with people live in person or life, you understand that everyone's reactions are different, you know, and I kept waiting for Alan to finally break down, you know, so it was like, okay, you're trying to call your wife, you're not getting to her, now the neighbor's telling you that. She, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out who told you she got shot. But now you hear she, she got <laughs> killed. And, you know, you're like, his his silence and his face said more like, okay, I'm hearing it, but it's not computing yet. Like, okay, I know I'm traveling home because you're telling me my wife was killed, but it's still not computing yet. And even through the 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 um funeral, like when they had the second funeral and he was holding the the baby and the baby was crying and even his face dead and it looked like he was about to finally like break down, but kind of like I have to hold it together because I still have my daughters here. Um, but this episode 
is what kind of had me a little like, okay, so what's really going on? And for your response, when her father says, you may, you might as well have been a, a witness for the defense because you were helping her out, you know, even right. looking at that act, you know, even looking at the act, you had no type of um, remarks, you had no type of reaction. And for your response to be, well, we weren't getting along, yeah. Like for someone mm. who loved, for someone who loved Betty, that would have sounded to me like you were happy that Kansas did this to your wife, because this was more of like a relief for you. Like, okay, well, somebody got this lady up off my, about my life, up off my back. You know, um, even if you didn't conspire with Candy to do this, this is more like, well, it's a relief, and now we just have to get through this trial process of whether. Candace is prosecuted for this or not, I ain't got to ever deal with Betty no more again, right? That's what that says to me. As someone who, whether I was the mother, the father, the sister, the, the, the high school friend or whatever, that's what that would say to me. And I just thought that that was extremely crazy for you to say to her father, like as far yep. as, listen, I just had to tell the truth. I could get with that. You know, because I ain't put myself up there to get ripped apart during cross-examination. So you you said you was able to handle it. You said the mother didn't come because she couldn't handle it, but she was coming. So now you have, mm-hmm. as a father, you have to be prepared to hear whatever from whoever. You know, the fact that right. um, your daughter got cheated on wasn't a surprise to you, thank God, so you didn't have to hear that shocker. But now you have to brace yourself from either side, you go at any point you can hear something crazy. But that response, the father should never have heard. And that just really goes to show, like, so you feel, Alan, like this is a relief to you. Like, I don't have to worry about, you know, all the things that Candace Lloyd was saying. Like, you're, you're pretty much your wife was a skit, so she was crazy, right? She was just crazy. And it's like, yes, she was, she was, and it was driving me crazy. Now I ain't got to worry about that. I, I just thought that was a, a, a crazy response to give to the father. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really, really, really see. But I'm, I'm telling you, when he said it, I was like, finally. Because it always looked like he was relieved. Even though yeah. we know people, everybody, you know, accepts things differently, react differently. For some reason, he just always looked to me like he was just relieved. What about you, Brother Ames, when it comes to this whole dialogue between the father-in-law and Alan? Yeah, I mean, the father, he was straight up. He was like, if you didn't have an affair with this, you better still would be here. He basically right. was like, this is your fault. Right. When you started right. this affair or you agreed to do it, that's, this was the downfall of this. This is why we are here right now. And, you know, like what Shanti said, what came to, come to my mind, too, the piggyback is like, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, you might have a, a beef with somebody, but but if they pass before you got something resolved, I mean, you still holding on resentment like that? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, I, I mean, this was your wife. Okay, yeah, I mean, things ain't always going to be peaches and cream. But now she is dead. And now she's dead because of right. you. And right. now you can casually say, well, we wasn't, get, we wasn't getting along. 
Are you serious? You got two and two kids, and and, and you know. So and you know, I really, <clears throat> I really feel for the father, because um, he got to listen and in court. He got to hear all of this, and you know, and oh my God, I don't, I don't know if you want to go there yet. When you hear the pathology report. I mean, to hear how his daughter was really yeah. just so mutilated. And yeah. I just yeah. got to tell oh you, those, those pictures, those pictures, I think those were the real pictures. No, they were. They oh. were. They were. They were the real pictures of the real Betty chopped up. Yes. Uh, yes. And I was like, oh, yes. my God. Now, I don't think you yes. get to see that yes. from from, you know, but to hear it and you know what the guy yeah. was saying that's 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 terrible that's, that's so oh my god to hear that what happened to your your child you know even though she's a grown woman that's still your child and right, that's still right, your baby right. and this man right. going to talk about oh well we wasn't getting along you know i'm like <laughs> i'd be like that might be another time you somebody else somebody else is going to catch a case because <laughs> i'm like for yeah. real <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, that's right. There's going to be another courtroom yeah, drama going on here. Yeah, but not the fact that. But, I'm sorry, but to compound that, Alan lied when Candace's lawyer asked him, was there any hard feelings when it came time to break off the affair? And I was like, why are you lying? That lady was going was bugging out in that diner, wherever they were. Mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. first said, "Oh right, 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 right," yeah. you wanted to you wanted to consider right. ending it. She, right. she went crazy, right. and you yep. didn't have enough guts to stand up to her and say, "No, I want to end it for whatever the reason." Even if you really didn't, but because you saw how Betty was acting. You said you saw her at late and even when they were in the park and Candace tried to pull that whole reverse psychology, you know, well, listen, let's just right. end this. Da, 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 da. Right. She was not yeah. okay with it. And I'm like, so you're covering up for her. Wow. Okay. Right. And I think the cover up was because he was relieved. He that's what I'm saying for me. This whole time watching him, he appears to be relieved. When he called Candy to tell her that that the friends found Betty dead, I honestly believe in his heart he knew she had done it. Because mm. they, they had not had no serial killer in the neighborhood. This wasn't right. a town getting murdered. This this just came out of straight nowhere. And he may not have been able to put his finger on the fact that she planned it or it was spontaneous. I don't think it was, you know, he could do that. But I think he was listening to hear what she had to say. You know, and, and, you know, when they were asking yeah. him, you know, in the courtroom, you know, this wasn't just um, an affair. You two had actually become friends. And it makes sense. It makes every bit of sense, you know, that there were times when they met up that they didn't even have sex. They just talked. 
it makes sense. It makes every bit of sense. So that's the way I felt when he called her. In my head, I'm saying to myself, he's calling her because he's relieved. And he wants to share this with his friend. But he doesn't know, you know, what to really say or what she's going to say. He's kind of listening. And because my thing is, really, that's the phone call you make, even even if that's my friend. I'm not calling, you know, and, and not only that, he didn't call it, oh, my God, Betty is dead. Because, remember, he's calling, 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 calling. Yeah. He's concerned because you don't know her mental state. He knows why he left her, blah, 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 blah. But he doesn't call her in a panic. Like, oh, my God, Betty's dead. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Oh, my God. Right, Somebody right. Um, you know, so-and-so went over there and he says that, you know, Betty's dead. He's been monotone this whole time. This whole mm-hmm. Time Betty was found dead, it was almost like that's why I asked. I did ask the question a few weeks ago, and it was kind of eluding to this. So when it comes out yesterday, I'm um, not yesterday, but in this episode, that he when he says to the dad, you know, well, hey, you know, we weren't getting along. It, it, even that was said with a level of relief to me. Like, listen, stop, you know, stop, stop pressing me. You know, this 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 was just off my mind finally, because not only were we getting along, but she was bugging the heck out. You know, she was just twisted. We found she was all hormonal, postpartum was going on, all kinds of things, and it just really, it just came out. And I really think that although he, it wasn't the right thing to say, although. Somebody else would have thought not to say that. I think he was just relieved. And the first time he really had somebody to really just say that to. You know, it was like he, he wasn't talking to the friends. He couldn't talk to Candy. He could surely couldn't have told that to the police because he mm-hmm. was a suspect at one time. And I think this was just the first time he was able to um, say, hey, we just weren't getting along. I think that was just said with a level of relief. Even that, just like yeah, let me just yeah. Because he felt like yeah. in some he too was in some la la land. Yeah, and you see, mother, he was in la la land. Had that flashback scene, and you know, I guess he's back in. I guess he's comfortable because you see him eating, slobbering on some, on some he was eating, and having a flashback with um, the scene with candy and stuff like that. So he he's he's chilling. He's he's eating and getting more funky again. So <laughs> right, it's like boy, this is all over. And like I think Shanti said, it's, we just gotta get through this trial, and I can move on with my life. I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. want her dead, but now that she is dead, oh. <laughs> yeah. Shanti, you got a comment from the listeners. Yes, I do. One comment reads, well, just a few episodes ago, the pastor said that this was a heinous person was evil at Betty's funeral for how we go back from that. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Another, another comment reads, 
I feel like at the end of all this, it's going to be revealed that they did it together. How he's behaving, he probably did it, LOL. They're going, they're going to pull the okie doke. Wow. Wow, that's a thought that never occurred to me. Wow. Wow, wouldn't that be some kind of twist? Yeah, that, that, was, that would be interesting. Yeah, that was great, kind of you know, her her being distant to Tom. Yeah. I mean, distant to a pack. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about that one. But boy, oh boy, that would be some kind of mouth-dropping uh, ending. <laughs> wow. And then we have another comment that we... Alan's flashbacks were more about Candy than his wife. He probably has a level of peace. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Mm, anything else? No, that's all for now. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Brother Abe, you got something else that sticks out at you in this episode? Yeah, there's still quite a few things on here. Uh, first of all, I mean, I, I'm trying. You know, I, I'm I'm interested in this. You know, after it's over, I'm going to look up and see where 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 these people are at now. But um, I'm I'm wondering is Candy still alive? Because have you noticed? I'm like, well, she smoked throughout the whole. Besides them being a court, she was smoking heavily throughout the whole episode. I, I mean, she got to have lung cancer yeah. by now. Oh, you know what? I can't. Wow. Well, listen, if I was going through this like she was, I'd be smoking, you know, because people do change smoke when they are, you know, in distress or, or stress. So I'm not surprised, like you said, she was just puffing away. I was like, yo, she never smoke as much as, you know, as, as you know, before this, um, this murder took place, but I guess if I was on trial for my life, I'd be smoking too. Yeah, yeah. And she was really something else. And, you know, what really gets to me, um, what was really uh, revealing, again, in the court, the pathology report, and that it says that, you know, that she Betty was hit 40 times. 40 wow. times now. That's rage. Wow. And, wow. you know, um, so we well beyond, which I, which is, you know, consistent, you know, how can you call self-defense before, and, and, and to the, 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 the rage, like when he describes, you know, hitting her in the head and, you know, and so much so that, you know, it got wedged in. You had like the wiggle, the axe out. And then strike right. again. Where's right. the self-defense right. in that? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, you know, when the, the pathologist says that, you know, um, that he could determine that she was still alive through all of that. Yeah. You know, she still, oh, out of all of those, yes. she could make herself a one. She was still alive. The heart was still beating and whatnot. She may not have been yeah. conscious, but still. And, but I was like, yeah. boy, but those pictures was, that was so horrid. I mean, it was like, you know, you know, um, 
But I got to say, Tommy, you know, he's really, really good to spin, um, to spin the justification, you know, self-defense defense on it. So I, I gotta, he, Tommy's good at what he do, even though he's not a criminal attorney, but he's holding his right. own. So I got to say that much. Right. I agree. I definitely agree for a person who the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the, uh, judge wants to point out is not a criminal, um, attorney. He ain't doing such a bad job. He ain't doing such a bad job after all. Scott T, what you got over there? Something else that sticks out to you? I never understood how these people choose these lawyers and then get mad when the lawyer is advising them on what they should and shouldn't do. This is why they are here. They're here to be the eyes and have the sense that you don't have um, to point things out to you. You know, so when Tom first spoke to Candace about her taking the Xanax, whatever it was, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, understood her, I understood her initial, you know, response. You know, this is the first time he's bringing this up to you. You're still a little high. Um, you ain't trying to hear this right now. You know, but he's letting you know that this is damaging to your defense. This is interfering with the way the jurors are looking at you. And, again, see, everyone, they're quick to, to fix up the physical. But if you're mental and you're emotional and you're spiritually on point, the physical ain't going to matter. So now you're sitting here. You would have looked better looking like a zombie the way you used to look. So now you look like a sick, crazy, psychotic housewife. Where before you just would have probably looked like a pretty lady who just looked zoned out. But then when it's brought up again, and, you know, it's brought up again, and, you know, the second time she didn't really put up that much of a back and forth because it's like, all right, it's already been said to me. But it's like, you have to understand that if this is the case, you might as well just tell them, just give me whatever sentence you think. You can save everybody's time. And effort and everyone, the, the the judge and Tom don't have to keep trying to kill each other verbally and throw each other under the table. Like, we can end this right now. But you have to really, you know, it's like people don't, and especially you fought for him to be your lawyer. You know, even when he was saying, all right, I'm going to bring someone else on so they can have first chair and I'll have second chair. So I'll still be a part of your legal team, but they're, you know, this is their level of expertise. You still fought for him to have complete control over what's being said in that courtroom, the questions that's being asked. So then you can't now be at odds with him. Mm-hmm. You want to do what's right. comfortable for you. You know, and he was too disgusted when she said, oh, the prosecutor seems like a nice guy. He was just like, you're not serious. It was almost like <laughs> dealing with dealing with someone. It was it was like you know how you you watch, and unfortunately some of us can say this like they've seen us in real life. But you know, how like you you watch someone who was like on crack or you know like a hard drug, and they're doing good, and then they'll say something that immediately the people close to them like that's their way of knowing that the person has relapsed. 
or something. And the way right. he looked at her, so he's like, "You're not serious, like no way." No. And I was, I was just dying because it was just like it shows that there really is more than just a client lawyer relationship. There's also like a friendship. Because it was just like right. I don't have a problem cussing you out. Like, I don't have a problem cussing you out because you're going to go to jail. Keep getting high. You're going down. And that's going to be that. You know, but I, it's just like, you you can't be fighting with the people who you claim you trust to help you. Like, how how does that work? Well, we've spoken about this even on, in in our church folks segment, you know, where you go to the pastor, you know, you're in distress. Mm -hmm. You go to the pastor, you know, you've got this dilemma, and you're asking, you know, for help. You're asking for advice. You're out asking for counsel. And then you even go do what you want to do. So it's almost like, well, then why did you even bother to waste my time? Because that's the way we feel. You know, it's like, well, okay, you were going to do what you wanted mm-hmm. to do. You just wasted my time. Like, I didn't have anything else. Right. Ah. Could have been doing like sleep, you know. Um, you know, and, and that's pretty much. That's pretty much, you know, what that you know the same dynamic. You know, you you insisted, like you said, you insisted on this particular attorney, and even if you didn't think at first it was something that you shouldn't have been doing, like you said, you later found out that. Listen, this is not going to work for in your best interest. You've got to be alert. You've got to be aware. She's got some gorgeous eyes. I have been watching these eyes since mm-hmm. the whole thing got started. And she, the eyes alone draw you in. Whenever they zone in mm-hmm. on her eyes, it's like her eyes draw you in. So even with her mm-hmm. being in this, like, la-la land mode, you know, the eyes draw you in. So when he's looking at her and he's saying, wait a minute, really? You mm-hmm. Really? We really doing this? And I talked to you already about this? Are you concerned about, about you know, what is going to happen with you? You know, unfortunately, in, in life, it, this is real. I'd rather be medicated and kind of glide my way through this process than to have to deal with this. Because that's just really what she was saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need something to calm my nerves. I need something to, you know, kind of keep me at this level because she can't handle what it is. Prior to, and that's what I was bringing up earlier, when she first, when the murder first happened and she was driving home, or driving away. She was in La La Land then. She was yeah. just like out there. You know, for, for since this whole, whole entire thing has happened, you know, she's been out of it. So let's go back to the pathology report. And let's go back and pa- partner it with the psychologist visit or psychiatrist visit. <laughs> where mm-hmm. there's this rage that's going on inside of her that, you know, is she in some level of relief? You know, you've mm-hmm. been carrying around this rage since mm-hmm. you were a child. 
you know, when, when they took us back into our childhood on this journey and the mother's, you know, over her and she's saying whatever she's saying, you know, she's still, um, you know, at that time she was between showing you between the two periods of time, there's still been something she's been carrying from childhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as let me tell you something. That act is not light. And for her to mm-hmm. be able to pick it up and right. swing it over and over and over again, you can't really literally be, quote, unquote, yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's indicative. All of this stuff is almost connected for me where she's just out of it. From the moment the murder happens, you go to the psychiatrist. He helps you go back in time where there's something that, that wells up inside of you. You get rid of it. You know, I don't want him. I don't want him. You know, um, and then you end up medicating yourself. Was she ever mm-hmm. medicated at one point? That That's where my mind went. You know, from, from the moment... You know, with the, when she was a little girl, throughout any part of her life, was she ever medicated where she knew the difference between this is how I'm feeling and this is the way I want to feel? And she tried to say to the attorney, I know you're not telling me. I know you're telling me that this is not the best thing, but I like this feeling because I ain't feeling nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to face anything. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to know anything. Listen, I'm okay with this here. I don't know. What What do you think, Shanti? I I agree. I now I'm not sure. I don't think she could have possibly been um, medicated during that time, during the actual incident, because you know this was a point where she was trying to get you know her life back on point as far as reconciling with her husband and. You know, just going back to, well, not going back to the way things were, but going back and improving her home life. Um, So now right. you're met with this situation where now this woman pulled a weapon out on you, and I do agree with, okay, now all this that I've been carrying is now, which is why she wants to stay suppressed because she's afraid that what was released while she was right. alert, right, I, I wasn't under any type of depression. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high. Right. And this this came out. I don't need that coming out in right. the courtroom in front of these people because that's all they're going to see, and that's going to be it right there. Ain't going to be no need for no cross-examination. Ain't going to be no need for me to take the stand. If they can be right. a whiff of how I just snapped, in that house, even if I was provoked, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't need anyone mm-hmm. that. And what we don't understand is how unhealthy that is. And she's not understanding that that's pretty much what Tom is telling her. Like, I, I hear you, I get you, but that's very unhealthy, you know? And right. that's, I, I, I was wondering if, um, they recorded her session with the, the therapist. So that's always something that I actually, after watching it in previous, like, movies and stuff, I was like, I wonder if I could, you know, do that and have someone record it because can't no one relay that to you. 
You know, you're the right. one under. You're, right, you know, yeah. Conscious. Can't no one explain to you what you were saying and or doing. Like, you would have to see that for yourself. And I, was like, I wonder if they recorded right. that and then let her either see herself or hear herself. And that would help to, to start the process of you being able to face everything you've been suppressing because, unfortunately, she was provoked. And that's why it's hard now for them to sell this um, self-defense thing, which I knew once they said 40-something times, I was like, that's it. That, that's how they're going to get her. Um, it's yeah. hard for them to yeah. sell that because if you're really self-defense, once you see the person is down, then that's your opportunity to run or, you know, whatever. Right, you just right. kept going, but it's because you're, like you said, Pastor Steph, you're releasing things now. So now it's like, I can't stop, you know, myself. But I think while she's trying to suppress herself, she's not insane. And while she was explaining that to her husband, I was like, I'm saying to myself, but I thought y'all were church people. So there's like no no level of faith you have. In God, that He will sustain you at all. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that even with God, Hallelujah, I still got my concerns because I am touched and I got issues. But the way she was talking, sound like someone who doesn't know what it is to be in church, doesn't know what it is to have their own relationship with God, and even with her husband saying, "Well, listen." They have a point. You need to do this. You need to do that. It's like, no, 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 because I'm protecting myself. Like, that's all I kept hearing. I need to protect me. I need to protect me. And it's like, okay, well, what, where's your, le- any 1% level of faith? Like, there's nothing? Like, <laughs> you know, and it just shows how, like, we really just, like, try to snatch all that power from God and just say, I got this. Like, I know what's best. You know, I, but I, I think that's what it really, she's really afraid that, She's going to unleash whatever feeling that took place while she was whacking at Betty. You know, I, I wanted to talk about that, too. Um, Shanti, she brought that up. So I'll throw it over to you, um, Brother Ainsley. Throughout this entire series, you never hear them talk about any level of faith outside of church, really. You never see them seek counsel, ever, ever. You know, it's, and I don't know, maybe I missed it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Yeah, most most definitely. Um, It's it's unfortunate. It's almost like, well, it kind of happens, you know, uh, people just forget about God. And, you know, uh, they lose the way what got them to their word to the point where they're at right now anyway. So it's like, you know, um, and, well, well, you can say, well, the pastor, they didn't got no real leadership for as a news pastor. But still, where is your personal relationship? I mean, how can you be that active? In the church, because they just wasn't, you know, you know, just go to church, go to their service, and go back home. They was active in, right. you know, church activities. You know, all, apparently all of them was, you know, singing in the choir. Right. They on the board. Right. They like a new pastor. Right. You know, so you involved now. You involved, and you're right. So 
where is you know outside of the the old pastor coming around, but where is where, is this going to show anything about okay, well we got to we we need to pray on this or um you know, it, yeah yeah it's, it's like lost and that crossed my that did cross my mind too though I'm like where where where, where is this no <clears throat> there's no act of faith or where is your believer status nowhere to be found in all of this you know so can candy her relief is 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 in drugs now and and so much so and because her husband he did point it out because he said um he said i don't believe you can go through that i don't think this is right i don't even i'm concerned about you and then that conversation when they outside and i guess in the backyard and stuff like that and, and she said she didn't want to be seen as broken because she may not be give, she may not be able to get back to her normal her normal state. I mean, where was where was your where was your where is where, where is wait a minute? I need I, we need prayer. A word right. is praying for his wife. Mm-hmm. Where is that praying for his life. wife going through this? I mean, right. as I mean, as upsetting as it is. He going through that wouldn't be me in the first place, but still, you know, where is the prey on that? You know, now it may very well be that that there was, you know, pray, this just it's just not being depicted, you know. But I think this I think it's an interesting um, point though that we don't we don't see it. it's like it's just totally absent. It's just like this is the place where yeah. they all met up at was at the church, right? You know, right, like a social. Like it was a social club, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. It's like it was a social club. Yeah, amazing, um, and I thought the same thing. I was like, well, maybe it's just not depicted. But I'm sorry, in in six episodes, y'all ain't right. never thought to put it in. You know, I, I I just that I thought the same thing. I was like, well, you know what? They can't show everything. It's only seven episodes, and I'm like, no. You could they you have never seen these people pray outside of grace. They're gonna make sure they say they're grace. You know, but you just don't see any type of foundation in their lives, you know, um, for a group of church people. You know, I don't I, I know they said that Betty and Allen stopped going to that church, but I can't quite remember if they said that um, they were going to another church. So it seems like the only thing that they really put, you know, in place was when they went to the retreat, you know, the marriage um, counseling thing. And, you know, it was based on, you know, it was a godly perspective, you know, that it was taken from. And, you know, it, other than that, outside of grace, you've never seen these people pray or anything like that. You never uh, but even the hmm? yeah, but even the um, even even the counseling, they thought that was a cult. So right, um, right, you know. So yeah, even with that, I so I would think like as a believer, you want to counteract that. Say no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't participate in a any kind of cult activity. You know. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm like, you know, in all the six episodes, y'all ain't never managed to do nothing but say grace. That's uh-huh. it. And it, it was just very interesting to me. 
But, you know, um, here's another thing. Um, I think, you know who needs prayer? I think Tom needs prayer. This person, he needs some serious <laughs> prayer. Because at first of all, I don't know, I don't know if y'all, to me, when, you know, he's in the court, you know, when he was telling the pastor, you know, what to say. To me, he was saying mm-hmm. that out loud. I'm like, can't nobody didn't overhear that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, 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 it was. You know, I was. I'm like, he was just saying, like, like he just having a normal conversation, all these people around, and you know, and when he told the, you know, the new pastor what to say, and mm-hmm. um, he needs prayer, <laughs> and, and and then had the nerve to go tell Pat. You know, um, I guess when the husband was coming down the stairs, you know, um, we well, said, you know, you know, hold it together. It doesn't matter, even if, even if she slept with a hundred men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, gonna do it again. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he got out of goal. Yeah, yeah. These these I think that was one of his ways of pressing Allen to, like, hear certain things. Because, you know, we see a lot of how, I mean, even though this prosecution doesn't look like they get dirty with their questions, but, you know, we've seen how, like, during cross, um, they'll, to discredit the defendant, they'll, you know, bring up, especially since this affair is already out there, you know, they'll bring up certain things. And it could, even when Tom said it to Pat, like, the way Pat responded, like, I got to catch my breath. Like, what did you just say? Even if she slept with 100 men. Like, I still didn't confront the one man that she did. She's right, with. yeah. Uh, you know, like, that conversation, that conversation still did not take place. And see, from, that's something that's been sticking out to me as well. Like, <laughs> Like, because in the streets, you don't want that to be no spontaneous conversation. <laughs> so now you got all of this going on, and yet this, like, I don't know about everybody else, but that's something that's still played in the back of my head. Like, this conversation still has not taken place as candid yeah. as we should. Now, maybe she's not scared because she figured her husband ain't really about that life. For the most he'll do is just, you know, just feel some type of way. But as someone viewing this, that's still concerning to me. And I ain't married to neither one of them. But it's like, this is yeah. still some, you know, like, I don't want this coming out. And, you know, so even as, as Candace, you know, like, this is, this child is contingent on my life. Like, what's about to happen? And I took the time, like, listen, can you get these two in a room? Because um, I don't need nothing busting up out of here. Somebody, everybody going to need Xanax. Because I don't need nobody busting out with those emotions in the middle of being questioned because certain conversations did not take place. So now he's supposed to say, you know, right. I don't know if Alan was, you know, in the in the courtroom during that time, most most likely not, maybe. Um, but I don't need my husband up on the stand. We've been we've been playing him. We we've been playing my husband. We, we've been dissing him. He can't be nowhere around me. Yeah. That he can't. But now he's important to me because now I need him to testify on my behalf. See, all these things that you could tell this ain't the side of the fence, see, all this be going through my mind. Because at the end of the day, Tom, you ain't got to be married to this man. You ain't got to be married to this man, Tom. You're going to continue to go and defend the next person, whether it's criminal or civil. I got to sit here and deal with all of this. Even if I'm convicted, I still have to deal with this man. So it's like, no one, even with some of the things making sense, it's not being handled properly. It's like 
cat is really being treated like a non-factor until we feel like you're needed, and then you're going you're going back to being treated like a non-factor again. And people understand how that is a dangerous game to play. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to um, Shantice. He is a non-factor. When you were talking, I'm saying to myself, he doesn't matter. He doesn't matter at all. He does, He's never mattered. You know, go back to the very beginning when they feigned this concern that nobody would get hurt. You mm-hmm. approached another man about having an affair with you had no concerns for Pat then. You went home, mm-hmm. you acted like it was okay, and we did see because we spoke about, you know, the fact that he could have been a little more attentive and things like that. But at the end of the day, you mm-hmm. who cooked food for lunch and chose the hotel and all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You, you, you. you. He has never been a factor. Then when he, you know, when when the murder was committed and, you know, um, what's, what's uh, uh, Tom told her, you know, do not share this, not even with your husband. That was right up her alley because he uh-huh. was a no. I don't want to have to talk to him. It was so easy for her to get into that mode. She just kept throwing that out at him. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not supposed to talk. The, the attorney thinks that it's best not to talk to you. What woman is not going to spill some stuff to her husband, even if it's not intentionally? You know, you're in the bed every day. You're, you're sitting at the dinner table every day. You're in the house together every day. Something coming out. But this was right but up her alley. Yeah, the biggest secret is out. He knows you cheated. So there would really be no need for you to, you know, be all tight-lipped because it's not like you're afraid right. that that part is going to come out. That part is out already. So that's what I say. It's, it's funny because the worst thing they, the worst thing that can happen for her, for her defense, is that he snaps in front of everybody. Now that's just like, mm-hmm. he's, been it, he's been holding it together way better than any man I know. He's holding it together. It wouldn't be me. No, it would be you and a whole lot of people. It would be you and a whole lot of folks. You know, it just wouldn't be like that. So, okay. What are you looking to see in this last episode coming up? Oh, my goodness, man. I thought it was eight episodes. I was like, it's going to be two more episodes. And I just realized this is the last one coming up. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, man! It's been good. It's been good. I'm really, I'm really curious to see what what really happened, what really the finale of it all, what the verdict is going to be. But I'm really concerned. What I don't know what the, I guess we need to know what happened in Candy's past that 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 it kind of that you know brought all this rage and stuff. You know, it, and you got to because you know when people in that kind of Crazy, or I hate to say crazy, or insane state. They are strong. Cause you remember there was one point yeah. I think um, Pat said, uh, Pat said that you know I guess she, Betty, I guess she was bigger than than Candy, but I didn't see it. But you know, but 
like we mentioned before, she got skills because you know you never. Like we 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 know like you never underestimate your opponent. But Betty's the one who came out with the axe, and he got to use against her. You know, right. and so you know, so apparently, I really don't know, want to know what is Candy's mental state that kind of prompted she that she was able to do what she did. You know, and and do it so so violently and so merciless, mercilessly. You know, it was just so awful. And when you look at those pictures, it's like, you know, um, something is something is definitely wrong upstairs. You know how you can just yeah. constantly do that, and, and you see that, and then you know you have the presence of mind to want to take a shower in their place and try to cover it up and stuff like that. So I'm really I'm really curious right. to see what what um you know, what the end result is going to be and where they at now. Um, not just her, but, you know, I'm, I want to know, did they, is her and her husband still together? Or are they still alive and, and stuff like that? I'm really curious to see what happens. And also, like you mentioned before, the relationship with the judge and Tom, that dynamic right there. I want to, are they still going back and forth <laughs> with each other? What would you yeah, like to yeah. see happen? What would you like to see happen? Um, well, this, you know, this it, it, the tra- the tragedy is so much. There's 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 no real good ending to this, man. You know, mm-hmm. and even if she gets off on mental um for uh, self defense, I mean, there's so much there's so much damage there, man. You know, um, you know, it, it it really depends on what her mental what really happened. I, I think. Tom knows there's more going on. I think he knows more what the that psychologist said, and that because he already he said he knows what happened, and that we're not privy to it at this yet. So I, I mean, it depends to see like what is her mental, what was her mental state? What what triggered that? Because again, she didn't, Kenny, she didn't go over there intentionally with the mindset to you know, or I, 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 I plan on killing Betty today. You know, it wasn't premeditated. So, right. Um, uh, so I think I'm really. It depends on what that is. You know, I'm like. So I really can't say. I think she should get it off because of that. Uh, but she need to get some repercussions though, regardless of which. You know, uh, because you know, cause now you got you got a mother, uh, two 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 kids are motherless. Right. At the bottom right. line, you know, the kids, are, the kids are motherless right now. And so there's no real good ending, I really see. But I'm really curious to see what, mm-hmm. what, is the, what was the mental state, really. And uh, I really want to see is probably, I guess, Tom, if she does get off, they're probably still married somewhere if they're still alive. So this is the 80s. So we're talking like, what, uh, almost 40 years 30. ago now? I was going to say 39 over 40 years. Yep. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. I wonder where they're at now. Yeah, I I kind of looked it up a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember um, what I saw, to be honest, because I kind of got distracted. So we'll we'll even talk about that next week. Um, You know, if there's time, if it's not that juicy and we – you know, we get an opportunity, but I, I would love to talk about where they are um, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Shantice, what about you? Where are you hoping 
you know, this goes. I'm hoping she's able to take this stand clear-headed, you know, without being under the influence of any type of medication um, so that this can be her opportunity to speak. Because I, I thought that maybe they would have did the insanity plea type of thing. But um, I think there's just a lot of focus on making her look like a model citizen. Um, but I'm, I hope that she's able to take the stand clear-headed and she's really able to speak and, you know, say if if that's really what happened as far as, you know, I went over there for one thing and she introduced another thing. And like Brother Ainsley said, you thought she was coming at me and now you got killed John Weaver. Um, you know, if that's really how it went down, nothing else, in, you know, involving that, that she's able to really just display that. And I agree that she should get um, some type of time, but not in a regular jail, you know, hopefully maybe like a psychiatric ward or something like that where her, whatever she's been carrying is properly dealt with. Um, that, that's what that's what I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to. To, to seeing, you know, giving her the opportunity that she wouldn't have had, unfortunately, had this not taken place, that now she's forced to address things that even she, even now she's still trying to suppress. And now it's like mm. it's forcing her you can't suppress this anymore. Now you have to face it. And unfortunately, you facing it is going to have to be in front of the public, but you know, this is what happens when we don't deal with things. And God blesses us with the opportunity to deal with it privately, and we don't. And now we got to deal with it publicly. All right, all right. Well, Avery and Shantice, I want to thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. And I can't wait till we get to the finale, God says, next week, too. Yeah. But I pray you a blessed day. Thank you, too. All right. You too. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. This is Benediction. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Hmm. So what do I hope this goes? Well, considering um, where we started, you know, with Candy approaching Alan and, you know, again, as I said a little while ago, you know, there, there was no concern for Pat. There was no concern for Betty. There was no concern for... Either set of children, you know, um, Betty's kids and Alan's kids or her and Pat's kids. It was just, you know, and all of this planning that they had, you know, going on and cards and boards and discussions and, you know, and all their plans, they never, ever, ever really took into consideration you know, who would be left in the wake of this mess. You know, nobody anticipated that 
you know, they would, uh, 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 Betty would act the way she did. And, you know, now, like, you know, like, you know, like has been said, you know, that was never her intent to go over there to kill. But, again, I have said the same thing that Dad said or Dad-in-law said, if it weren't for you, Betty might still be alive, you know, even though she, you know, may have taken her own life or whatever situation is. But if everything went okay, you would not have been responsible for anything. You know, you invited this into, you know, your marriage. You invited this into your bed. You invited this into your world. And, you know, when I said this, your bed is because, you know, that's where we share, you know, that's where we rest together. That's where we, you know, you know, they talk about the pillow talk and whatever level of intimacy um, takes place, it really takes place in the bedroom. So even if it's just, you know, just that pillow talk, you know, still there's a level of, of you know, um, conversation and intimacy that resides there. And clearly y'all were doing something because she then came up pregnant again. And we know that, you know, based on their retreat practice and following up and things like that, you know, this is what, you know, you were doing. So you didn't think about any of this. Candy didn't think about any of this clearly when she was, you know, approaching you. And, again, when it shows a flashback, you know, Alan flashing back in his head of Candy, you know, talking to him and approaching him. You know, it seemed like she was a level-headed person at the time, a little out there, but a level-headed person. But in actuality, you know, you see the difference between her then and her now. And it's the same person who had this history. It wasn't like it's two different people. But what it took to bring out this trauma that she experienced as a child is, you know, is we don't know. We don't know. And I always say there's stuff behind the curtain that we have no idea, you know, um, that we're dealing with. I always say that teachers and um, pastors, you know, when you get a, a room full of people, it's at least double that amount because you're dealing with them and any other alter ego they they got going on. You know, you're dealing with them and whatever else is kind of lying dormant that does not take the forefront, you know, that aggressiveness, that passive aggressiveness, you know, that comes from somewhere. That just doesn't exist for no reason. You know, I, I've watched some passive aggressive behavior, um, especially in more recent, you know, this year. Uh, and I, I'm when you survey that person and you ever were to kind of get what um, – what has happened to them in their past, you see, you know, where this stuff can, you know, can can be lying dormant because it just doesn't come from anywhere. It just doesn't come from out of nowhere, period, period, and period. So, you know, it's, it's amazing 
you know, what we've seen, this journey we've seen. This is a well-written story. We know that things always have to be kind of, you know, inserted so that, you know, for dramatic purposes, um, you know, and to fill in the blanks. You know, you got to tell a whole story, so you got to put some stuff in. But it's been very, very, very well-written. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for church folks. Are we, and I keep asking this question, are we just seat filling? Are we just going to church? Or are we learning in church and we're taking that out of the church? Are we going in church each week and coming out the same way we went in? And this looks like there's not a whole lot of residual left in them when they leave the church. Again, you know, you've got to tell me that. You can't tell me that they cannot have written in, you know, some level of prayer. Even if you kind of glance past the bedroom and somebody was on their knees or, you know, some past the bedroom or the kitchen or wherever, and they were holding hands praying. You don't have to, there doesn't have to be any level of, you know, time put into this, but just some indication that, you know, something took place. Well, if you never, ever, ever show it, look at the behavior. Look at how they're acting. They never show them conversing with the pastor, ever, ever, and ever. Because if they did, then you should hope to see some results. You know, it would have to be something that said, okay, they got some spiritual counseling. And you don't see that. You don't even see their their behavior exemplifying that they've had some level of counsel from a spiritual aspect. So if you if you sh- never showed it, you know, never showed them praying, it's believable that it's just not a part of their life. And you know, it. How do you get that far if you are being counseled? Oh, how do you if you did this if the, if Jackie were the pastor, do you think that, you know, maybe, 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 maybe some of this wouldn't have taken place? You know, you don't know because when Jackie did advise her, she didn't take, you know, heed to it. But as always, we don't take the advice. So come on, people, let's make sure we, you know, do what God wants us to do and we're going to be all right. You'll be listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my partners. Angry for uh, just doing what they do. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Wow Wednesday, God spares our life. I love you. Thank you.